Okay, good morning, everybody. Say continue our We are on the very bottom of Chosayim and Aleph. We just had the two Shilas that the Apotropos of Agrippus asked of Eliezer. And uh, we're, we're going to start with the second one, because the second one segues us into a, a discussion of that halakha that the question was based on. So um, it goes like this. The Ode, uh, six lines from the bottom, first word. The Ode Shalu. And another question that he asked really answer was, such as I, that I have two wives, one wife in Tiberia, one in Tzipori, and therefore I have two Sukkos, after can I use two different Sukkos in the Yantav Sukkos? And we said that we're going to see in just two lines from now, they use the very same Sukkos in the entire Yantav Sukkos. So the... Um, Apotropos made an assumption, or at least had a suffix, uh, perhaps that's only true if you only have one house, and therefore you have one house, you have one sukkah, but I who have two houses and have two wives, maybe I should have two, I should be entitled to have two sukkahs. So Rebbe Lezer answered him, uh, Did I not already say, basically, that the halacha is that if you go from sukkah to sukkah, you have nullified your original uh, mitzvah? And I'm still enjoying Stan's question from yesterday, is that uh, it turns out an interesting knage is that the same Rebbe Lezer holds that you you could be mashlim, the suda you missed on the first day of Yantiv and the last day of Yantiv. You have a scenario where someone actually ate the suda on the first day of Yantiv, but then left his sukkah in the middle of sukkahs, retroactively nullified the suda he had in the first night of sukkahs, and therefore, um, um, and therefore um, would have to make up for it on the second days because retroactively ruined it. One could possibly argue and say that's not true because, like we said before, um, Let's put it this. Let's put it this way. I'm gonna put it this way. I mean, let's just analyze your. I like long, good long dishes. I haven't had that in a while. Is that um, would it forget? Even if he holds you don't have tashlumen, would he hold that lema freya? You had several sudas done b'isser that you ate outside of sukkah. You can't eat bread outside of sukkah on sukkahs. So I don't think. I, you know, I, I doubt he would say that. I doubt he'd say you ate, you have an isser of eating outside of sukkah. He may say that you haven't fulfilled the mitzvah of sukkah because you went. You might, I, I don't know for a fact I'm right. But it's hard for me to imagine he would say that retroactively you've made your meals an Aveira that you ate outside of a sukkah. You hear what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm wondering if he would say you don't have to do Tashlumen either. Because like we ended up saying, when he held Yatev for 14 sudas, he was saying that the sukkah is the focus. And therefore, that's why he asked, how can you make up for the last day? There's no sukkah, whatever it is. We end up answering, no, his main focus is not the sukkah. His main focus is the suda, tesvav, tesvav from Pesach. And it happens to be that when you're having a suda, you have to have it inside a sukkah. So I wonder if he would say, not like you think, that in the end of the day, he, the main focus is having a suda. He had the suda, that's tesvav, tesvav from Pesach. That very same suda you can make up on the last day of Pesach without, 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 without even a sukkah at all. And therefore, even if retroactively you've not been the kind of midst of sukkah, but maybe you fulfilled the mitzvah of Suda that you don't make up for it. But uh, that's an f- interesting chakira, and I, I'd be curious to see if any of us want to talk about it. Because, uh, I even have a hunch they would. I have, you know, it's a good, it's a good lump to Shashayla, so it's great for bringing it up. Uh, you, know. you know, the Evans, uh, not Evans, the uh, whatever it is. Yeah. I'm trusting his questions. It sounds like I mean, it's, it's a good question. I mean, it's a good he, question, yeah. Because he. Well, this one, he thinks. I have two houses, yeah. I have two, right? And uh, they're both owned by me, and therefore, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, so the first one, he definitely got like a rebuke from. Right. Uh, the se- and even the first one, I, I thought was relatively valid. I mean, you know, the question is, is uh, you know, the, my, my Dvar Halacha this morning was about a blind person saying Kiddush 
So uh, there are many possibilities that a blind person is obligated to take a shavana because the world benefits from the moon, and therefore every, you know you have to take a shavana as well. But others say no, it's based on you. And since you can't benefit, you don't you know you don't have to. So there are certain halachas that are universal halachas, certain halachas that are based on you personally. So it wasn't like um, inappropriate for him to ask, and perhaps this is an individualized thing. That says I have one meal a day, I have to have one. You know, so, so again, apparently you know this is this apetrabas my hunches was someone who. Although he's keeping Torah mitzvahs, has gone off the deep end in terms of the Eilam Gashmi. That realizer feels a little bit of a need to uh, rebuke him a bit, saying that you know your personal lifestyle is not something I support. They should be asking Shilas accordingly, or I don't support the fa- you know I, well, the two wives thing. I don't you know did he do anything wrong with that? Unless it just seems like he's the type of guy that has two wives because he's an indulgent type of person as opposed to anything else. Doesn't I was just thinking like Anamur Bayes isn't one of his responses to his his Talmudians like I I, I, I praise the lazy person who stays home with his wife and makes her happy. If he's out there pushing that opinion, I'm like, I got two wives. What am I supposed to do? If I should focus on my wives, yeah. Right, right. I'm saying if, if he comes out, he right. says, I'm amazed. Doesn't he says, Beisach? Right. And one of the two are together. You know, since he's the one who's so sensitive to staying with wives, you know, a guy that has two wives, he, he can't, and, and he can't fulfill a mitzvah by having two wives. Okay. You know, just staying them all together. You know? okay. But uh, yeah, no, I hear. It's, it's an interesting combination of, of shitas over here. So um, just for Jake, we're on the bottom line. Um, okay, fine. So Tanya, very last line of Chazan and Aleph. Rabbi Eliezer, Amr Eliezer says, "Ain yotzi misukah lesukah. You cannot go from sukkah to sukkah. I mean, you cannot use more than one sukkah on the entire yantu of sukkahs. Vein oisin sukkah bechal shalmoid, and you cannot make a sukkah on chalamoid because since you can't use two different sukkahs on sukkahs, there's no point of building a sukkah on chalamoid. You can't use it. There's no point." argue and say There's no obligation at all to use the same exact sukkah the entire yantiv, which is how we paskin. And therefore, it goes hand to hand with that is that you should be allowed to build the sukkah chalamoid because if you need a sukkah, you should be allowed to build it and you can use it. So therefore, everything is fine. Yes. The whole reason is bringing us is the whole that you need one sukkah. When his opinion is why you need one sukkah the entire time? We're going to see soon. There's a drasha. Yeah, there's a drasha we're going to see. Veshavin, and they agree though, that both opinions agree that if it fell, if you had a sukkah and it fell down, you can rebuild it on Chalamoid because again, he just holds you can't do a different sukkah. So therefore, if you had no sukkah until Chalamoid, you can't build on Chalamoid because. Uh, or we're assuming you actually had one in Chalamoid, you can't build a different one in Chalamoid. But it's the very same sukkah itself, that's just a continuation of the old one. So it says the Gemara, my time of what is the rationale? Of um, of Rebbe Yezer that you cannot use more than one sukkah. Amar Christ, it's, it's a pasuk. Chag of sukkos tasa lechal shivas yamin. The chag of sukkos you should make for yourself seven days. Ase sukkah haruuya l'shiva. You have to make a sukkah that's fit for you to use yourself for seven days. Right? Nothing to teach you can't do. It's purely this drasha. This is why you can't build one during cholamoid. A new one, it means. A new one. Because it has to be the one for all seven days. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Uh, Rabbanon. And the Rabbanans say, this is what Hashem is saying, you should make a sukkah even on the Chag. That's what they're learning from this drasha. Uh, we said that they agree that if it fell down, you go ahead and rebuild it again at Chalamoy, Pshita. Like, what's the Kiddush of that? It's relatively obvious that even if a Lezer should agree, you should be able to do that. It's just a continuation of the old one. You actually might have had a Havimit to say, this is Achriti, it's a different one altogether. And once it fell down, it may be it's the same parts, but it's a, you know, it's a brand new entity. You might have thought to say that, and if it doesn't count as a sukkah for seven days, then no, we actually do see it as being a hamshich and as part of the seven days. Tanya. So it has to be the same materials then. Um, it's a totally new structure. Um, 
same materials, and that's fine. You would hold you can't use new materials. So that that I can't tell you with certainty. Um, it sounds like you're using the same materials, but I don't know if that's just a technicality because the odds are so much higher that they'll use the same materials as opposed to getting another sukkah. Um, or is it location? I, I, I don't know for sure. The words are it's the same material, but again, one could possibly say that's only because it's practically that's what the, most likely is going to happen. But they would agree that even if it's new material, as long as it's the same location, it would be fine. But my hunch is that it's actually the very same materials themselves, you know, for seven days. <laughs> oh, just put a couple extra nails in it. You don't, you don't, have, to get, you don't have to get new material. Um, so does it echo back to what we had before about the treehouse and, and the camel? So there, the sukkah, you're saying because you can't go... It's, there, there, there is a link between the two of them. Because there, that was, the sukkah itself was fine for seven days. Back it's just days. that you couldn't just go into it. Right. So, you know, so, so that's, that's, that's the question. Is it, is it on the structure of the sukkah or the ability to use the sukkah? You know, um, and that's that's a, that's a fair question. You know, it's a sukkah that has a technicality can't be used, but the chachamim over there also said that it's not a problem because you technically on derisa level could use it, so you can't disqualify the sukkah. You know, because uh, just because you can't technically use it. Okay, Tanya says in the brace the second word. Just like you cannot be yotze in the midst of lulav on the first day of yontav with your friends lulav. That the pasuk says by the dalminim, which we're going to get to soon. Be'ezus Hashem Yisbarach in the beginning of the third parak is the halachas of dalminim, which will be a lot of fun to do together. But the pasuk says, take for yourselves on the first day a priyets hadar, which is a um, Esrog, Kapos Tamarim, which is Alulav, and we say, uh, we learn Misha Lachem, and it has to be yours. And that's what the halacha is, that if you don't own a set of dollar, meaning you have to borrow it from somebody, but not just borrow it, you actually have to get it as a matana masta achzer, as be your property. So, kach, so too, said Rebbe Leazar, ain't adam yotze de chavasa besukasa shulchavero. You cannot be yotze with someone else's sukkah even. Dechsev, as the Pasuk says, chagas sukos tasa lachashivas yamim. It has the same word, lacha, Misha Lacha. So, interesting, Joshua. It has to be your own sukkah. You have to own the sukkah yourself. You have to own the property. The chachamim, the chachamim say, "Avo bisha amur in adam yotzei de chavasa beyom tevarisha b'lovah shulchavero." He says, "No, even though I agree the lacha is by lulav and dalaminim that it has to be yours." Avo yotzei de chavasa besukasu shulchavero. You can be yotzei with someone else's sukkah on the yantu. Sukkahs dechse. What's his source that uh, propels him to say this? Kol ha'ezrach b'Yisrael Yeshu b'Sukkos. The pasuk says that all citizens of Klai Yisrael will sit in a sit in a sukkah. And what do we see from this pasuk? Melamed, the teacher says, "Kol Yisrael uyim leishu b'Sukkah Achas." That it sounds like from this pasuk that technically all of Klai Yisrael can share the very same sukkah. And as Rashi spells it out for us, to have all of Klai Yisrael sharing the very same sukkah is first of all not possible at once. That's just not again. We're not building a sukkah that size, which means that they're all going through rotations. And the problem is. Is if you're going through rotations, let's just say it's a massive sukkah, but as big as it's going to be, it's not going to play out that all the members of Klaius will have a shavah pruta of that sukkah. It's just not possible mathematically, and let's just take that as an assumption. So we're going to accept the assumption that Klai Sukkah all share one sukkah, and the sukkah can never be big enough or expensive enough that all of Klai Sukkah have a shavah pruta share of it, then by definition, the only way to be Yotze is by borrowing it. Whoever the owner is, they're going to be borrowing it. So the pasuk is bimigalit to us that a borrowed sukkah is acceptable by sukkahs. And therefore, the chamer are forced to understand that the pasuk is not telling us that you have to own the sukkah, that you are allowed to borrow the sukkah, even though the lacha is by dalminim, that you, in fact, are not allowed to borrow. You have to own it on the first days. So now ask the Gemara the question then, Rabbanan, our rabbis, hai lecha my darshibe. So what do they do with the word lecha? 
if they're not darshan the word lachad to say that you have to own the sukkah, then what do they use it for? So it comes to exclude a stolen sukkah. That in fact is no good. But borrowed is okay because it says kol ezra So whereas Rabbi Lazar would exclude both stolen and borrowed, uh, the chachamim only exclude stolen, but borrowed they allow back in because of the drush of kol ezra Rabbi Lezer, hi, Kola Ezrach, my Avile. What does Rabbi Lezer do with the drush of Kola Ezrach? Right? Because now he is excluding even borrowed. So, me Baile, Leger, Shinisgayer, Bain Tayim, Vikatan, Shinisgadal, Bain Tayim. Rabbi Lezer needs it for a case of a ger that was Megayer in the middle of Cholamoid, or a child that became a gadol in the middle of Cholamoid. Meaning what? The same Rabbi Lezer that said earlier that you have to use the same exact sukkah and the sukkah is be fit for all seven days. Even he has a leniency that if you only became Jewish halfway through, or you only became a gadol halfway through, then you could use one sukkah for the rest of the sukkahs, even though it wasn't a sukkah that was suitable for all seven days. And that's the Chiddush of and he gets that from Kol Ezrach Yisrael um, to make that ribui to say that they are allowed to build in a chalamoid, and they are allowed to um, yeah allowed to build a chalamoid, and they start using a new sukkah middle chalamoid of sukkahs. So the is based on the chal, all this. Really? Which word? The that, that you have to that, that he holds you. It has to be your, yours. And That's yours. how Lezer holds it. Yeah. Okay. Which is really the question of the you know of Trappist, that uh, you know it's mine. I mean, in both cases, I do own it. The, the, my wife is here. and My wife is there. So really, it, it fulfills lecha in that sense, even though it's not the same sukkah, but it is. It is a sukkah that's owned. You're saying you're just saying it would be a non-starter. It could be why, could be why maybe the question was asked. Even you know, you you, you darshan has to be owned by you. Well, I do own it. You know, I own both sukkahs. It's one. You know, it's it's under my bylaws. It's under. You know. Right. It's one household because I, my household is split into two, but I do own it. So is the, dress, the question really based on the owning? Or, um, or do we have a separate drush that has to be a single sukkah for all my, seven? My, my assumption is the question was coming from what Paul asked, is that he just thought simply, it's teshu ki and And therefore, I've, I'm in t- meaning if it wouldn't be, he would never ask that question if he didn't own both of them because it would be non-starter because of what you're saying. But now he's, he's entitled to ask that question because he just thought the lumdus behind why he felt you have to use the same sukkah the whole time is because you only have one house, they have one sukkah. But now that I have two houses, you know. And only dwell in both houses. What? And, and an Domo's house is therefore I'd be allowed to do right exactly. Okay, so and now the Rabbana Rabbana came and Shamar Osin Sukhabachol Shamoid, Lo Itzra. The Rabbana don't need to darshan a drasha that a ger or a katashit is gadal should be able to build a sukkah in Khalamoid because he will never be able to sukkah in Khalamoid. And if I don't need to have a special drasha for that. Could you maybe say I'm sorry, just bang back to the second question only comes from the first question. The first question was you said I need once. And Rabbi Eliezer said it doesn't matter, we go with what main people do. So I said, oh, so now I have two wives, do I have to still stick with what what everyone else does or can I be be separate? Maybe you can say the second question is based on the first question. The first question he says, I only have one. And Rabbi says, I don't care, you still have to go with right, so, But if anything, from the first one he should have learned, we don't go by you individually, you go by what Claudius will right. So why do you bother asking the second question? So the second one, I don't think was, I don't think it was an individualized versus Klayosol type question. I think he was asking more a lumdish question of, of, of what is the makor for your din. If the makor is the drasha of Chagasugos Tasa, he never would have asked the question. If he would have known that was the source, it's just a plain old chuk. So you have to do the same sukkah for eight days. He thought it was a teshu can't do it type of thing, and therefore he thought he'd be entitled to go ahead and split it up. I, I mean, that's my assumption of what's going on. Okay, so Tanar Rabbanan, a little more than halfway down the daf. Second word of the line is Tavresh. First word of the line is Kra. Tanar Rabbanan. 
Maisa the Rebbe Eloi. The story of the Rebbe Eloi. Shahalach lahakbil pnei Rebbe Eliezer Rabbi Beloid Beregel. Then he went to go visit his Rebbe Eliezer in the city of Lod on the Regal. Amar Eloi. Eloi. He said to Eloi, Encha mishayf seharegel. Are you not one of those people that rest on the regal? I mean, don't do lila regal. I praise the lazy ones that do not leave their house on the regal. I mean, they stay home. Why would they stay home? You should be happy, you and your house. And what is a house in this reference, in this context? It's referring to a wife. How, how dare you leave your wife for the entire yant to stay home with her? Which again shows you the sensitivities of Klai There's a book called World Perfect written by Ken Spiro, who's a famous uh, from historian. And the, the premise of the book of World Perfect is, is that um, basically all modern day moral values um, even though the world claims that the, the Orthodox world is back, backhanded and, uh, you know, behind the times, we actually were in the Mechadshim of all those Yusoidas, of uh, social justice and treating wives properly and women's rights, etc. Now they say, oh, this is another son of Mechitza, you know, we don't know what we're talking about. But we were the ones already 2,000 years ago that were saying, treat your wife like the greatest thing in the world. When they were the ones who were, <laughs> I'm not going to say in the recording what they were doing to their wives. You know, we're the ones who believe in the quality of human life when they're the ones who are having the gladiators over in the Roman Colosseum. You know, all of a sudden now they care about human life. We're the ones who always care about human life, you know, which is, uh, it's a great book to read and it's a great presentation if you want to get the recordings. But again, over here, I'm just seeing it again, like you're a lesser. And, and this is, in context, you have to look at the world he was living in. There's no going in the world that would have said what he just said. You know, stay home for an entire week from the party so to take care of your wife. It just wouldn't happen. So I just uh, you know, I want to point that out that, you know, we were ahead of the curve, not behind it. Um, is this true? Uh, but one second, why would he tell you to stay home? Um, we have another Joshua that says, how do you know that there's an obligation to visit Rabbi on the Regal? Shenemar, as the Pasuk says, why are you going to today? Why are you visiting the God of Lador today? It's not Rosh Chodesh, it's not Shabbos. It's not Shabbos. So we can be medayik from there that on a regular uh, Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh you would go to visit Rabbi. They were just asking here, why are you going? It's not Rosh Chodesh or Shabbos. So that's the source that there's a mitzvah to be Mechal Pani Rabbi Regal. So Lokashi had The mitzvah is only when you go and come back the same day, and therefore you're not leaving your wife. But if you're going to have to go and not come back the same day, then that's when Abelazar has a shita that you should take stay home and you should not go at all. Tanur Rabbanu, our rabbis teach us. There's a story about the same old, the same Rebbe Yezer that um, spent Shabbos in the Galilee, Upper Galilee, in the Sukkah of Rebbe Yochanan, the son of Rebbe Eloi, Bekesari, in the city of Kesari. Others say the name of the place was not Kesari, it was Kesarion. Chama Lusukkah. It got very, very hot in the sukkah. Can I drape a uh, sheet over the sukkah? And again, the question we're dealing with now is not a hilchos sukkah shayla, it's a hilchos Shabbos. And yantiv shayla is that it's a problem of oil to go ahead and put a sheet on top of this structure to block the sun from getting on top of them. So Amr Loi, Ein lecha kol shevet v'shevet m'yisrael shalohem min mimenu shofet. 
So, um, as we learned in the story last time, for some reason, and we're going to learn soon why, Rabbi Lezer did not answer the question. Again, Rabbi Lezer is sitting in the sukkah, he's sitting in there with Rabbi Yochan Rabbi Eloi. it's getting extremely hot, Rabbi Yochan Rabbi Eloi turns to the gadol, Rabbi Lezer says to him, what is halacha? You know, I want to know what to do, can I put a sheet on top of the sukkah on, on Shabbos and Yontif? To which he did not answer the question, no, he did not answer the question, he totally diverted their attention and, and said a seemingly random statement, and the statement he said was as follows, you should know there's not a single shaven in Kaisal's history that did not have a shofate. Um, that doesn't answer the question at all, and it seems to be a distraction. So, um, I guess he took the hint and he was quiet for a little bit longer. The sun reached halfway into the sukkah, Amr Lo, and therefore Biyachim Rebbe asked him again, Can I go ahead and lay out a cloth, a sheet on top of it? Amr Lo, he distracted him again. You should know that in a single shavit in Klayusol did not get, uh, produce Nevi'im, and you should know that Yehuda and Benyamin even had kings, Alpinevi'im, and they were established through uh, a Navi. So again, he was, they realized they didn't get an answer. Uh, the son then reached the feet of Elezer, Rabbi Yochanan, in fact, at that point went ahead and took a sadin and laid it on top of the structure. Elezer kind of picked up his talus, and he ran out. And he ran out. He said, I can't sit in a sukkah because I don't know if what you did was acceptable. Now, um, we have to go and analyze what was Rabbi Lezer doing here, not answering the question, why was he being so elusive? So says the Gemara, five lines at the bottom, it wasn't because he was playing games with him with his words and pushing him off with his words. Rather, Rabbi Lezer had an interesting minute. He would never ever render a psak unless he heard that psak from his Rebbe directly. So Rabbi Lezer was a good Lador. And again, we can speculate, maybe he was willing to extrapolate it a little bit based on what his Rebbeim said, but if it's an area of Allah where he had no clarity at all based on what his Rebbeim said, what the Psaq should be, that's why he didn't want to answer the question because, um, again, he, he doesn't, he doesn't not, I should say he doesn't know, but he wasn't uh, willing to go ahead and give a new Psaq uh, without having heard it from his Rebbe, and therefore he just distracted with other things to discuss those things because he didn't have an answer. Is that a measure of like, Why would he do such a thing? I mean, it's certainly an issue, uh, you know, it could be a fulfillment of Kavod Rabbah. Um, it could be not a halacha, but more like, you know, who am I type of thing. Again, I don't know if that's misplaced on Nava. Um, you know, other Gedolim did render Pesachim in here from the Rebbeim because they felt confident they had to go through a sugi a certain way. And, you know, that is the way that works even in 2019. If you have a major place that goes through a sugi and it feels a certain way, uh, not only can he Pesachim that way, he actually has to follow his own Pesach. So, you know... Wouldn't, wouldn't, I'm saying, I don't, I don't have any time you know, I'm saying you as a rubber, wouldn't you be, like, kind of proud of one of your time being, like... Was able to extract something? I mean, that, that, sure. I mean, the the like, question is, is that, you know, but I would not be proud if he went off on his own and was a little bit too, uh, you know, overconfident in his abilities to boxing. So again, it could be, it could be that, you know, he, he wasn't confident yet, you know, to do such a thing. And don't forget also, you know, you, have, you could ask a question about his Rebbe because he himself just learned to have a contact from his Rebbe. Right, right, so if anything, you know, he doesn't need an answer to explain what he did, but his Rebbe perhaps does. I think it's just more about Masora, like they were very, very, yes. Like, Yes. Yes. So, 
wasn't so, about like a cover or anything. It was just like, no, this is true. Important. The problem is, is that I would say that should uh, explain why there would be sticklers yeah, to follow the Masora they do know to the nth degree. But if there's a halacha, that needs to be paskin. You know, if Rebbe Lezer would be around in the time of microwaves and the shayla comes up, you know, is microwave and the problem of Bishal on Shabbos, and Rebbe Moshe finds the handle that shayla, and Rebbe Moshe finds he wrote the shayla in the 70s, he says, by the way, I envision the future, every single home in the world is going to have one of these. When they weren't in every single home, and he said, therefore, it's derech bishal, it's not low derech bishal, whatever it is. Rebbe Lezer wouldn't pass in that shayla, meaning there's no messiah on this. We need to have a, we need a psak, you know what I'm saying? You know, what are the of IVF? What are the lachas of, you know, organ transplants? What are the lachas of, you know, all these types of things? We need to have someone who's at the cutting edge. Um, you know, it's time to end anyway. Just, uh, you know, I said, I said misplaced on Nova is that my wife's uh, great grandfather was a rabbi in Washington, D.C. He was a big uh, tzaddik. He's a tamamuvaker of Baruch Bear. Uh, uh, um, um, and um, when uh, one of the Rosh Hashiva of Torah Das passed away, they actually reached out to him to become the next Rosh Hashiva, and he declined. And he said, I've been a rough so long, I haven't been in Yeshiva for a while, and he just felt he wasn't fit for the job. And uh, we have a letter that Rav Baruch Bear wrote to my great-grandfathers telling him it's misplaced on other. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he didn't listen anyway, but the, we had a letter, which is, which is still pretty cool. Um, but the point being is, is you know, they, they, we know who they got next, and they did, they did quite fine. But uh, interesting, there's an idea. So again, I'm not Chashashom at all applying that over here. It's just, uh, you know, he felt he had the right to do that, and it was fine to do. At the same time, you can't, um, you know, think negative about those who do. Paskin, not based on the Messiah, because again, that's the halakhi process that probably gave over to us, and we need to follow that. Okay. When you say she, when you say she, 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 she,